Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Welcome all to Nick's Nerd News. I am your host, Nick. It is December 23rd. Happy Festivus to those that you celebrate it. It is a Festivus for the rest of us. You know, I got a lot of problems with you people, and now you're going to hear about it, okay? And what I'm... <laughs> Not you people. You know, you know problems in, in general. <laughs> but it is a Festivus miracle that we have made it through 2020. Please, please donate to the Human Fund. All proceeds from tonight's episode will be donated to the Human Fund. It's money for people. And I just want to talk about a, a lot of fun stuff this week. We're going to talk about stuff from last week and actually everything up until today because I figured, you know, next week we're going to do a retrospective on 2020 as we do at the end of every year. And there's not going to be a lot of news the rest of the week anyway with, with you know, Christmas and all that because we just, people are celebrating. So there's not going to be a lot coming out in the next couple of days. So I just wanted to cover everything up from last week up, up until today. Figured we'd just knock it all out. And just because there isn't a whole lot to talk about with the holiday season. But again, welcome. I am Nick. I am your host. This is Nick's Nerd News. Please like, share, subscribe, poke, punk, click, um, punch, uh, lick. I don't know what you guys do on those interwebs. Hit a star, hit a heart, all the places you might be. Why don't you do that while you're listening? If you are new, welcome to the show. If you've been listening, welcome back. Happy to have you guys. New, old, young, left, right. Short, tall, all the good stuff, you know, every creed, color, everything. Welcome. All human beings, I should say. But before we do anything, I'm kidding. We we already did everything that we need to do before anything. Let's get into the thick of it here. What is going on in the video game world, folks? Well, cyberpunk is what's going on. I have finally been able to sink some time into it. And I'm having fun with it so far. The combat is a little clunky. I'm not not really feeling the combat, especially when I had a when you have a combat heavy mission so so early in the game, and it, it's was hard. Not gonna lie, it, it took me a few tries because things are a little wonky, and of course there are gun good guns that you can pick up in the mission, and it it's. Uh, I don't know. I'm not feeling the combat too much. Like I said, for it being a first-person game and a first-person shooter, technically, it's, I mean, it's not, it's not an FPS game. It is an RPG, but the shooting, that needs to be fixed, man. Or hopefully that gets better as, as you progress and your character gets better, but it is not, it is not player-friendly. I will say that, but... It, the the game is still fun and engaging. I hit my first bug where I like crashed my car and it got stuck under a, another truck and I had to like figure out a way to get, get out of it. It was 
it was interesting. I then like from there the some things weren't working, so I did have to restart the game. Luckily though, with quick quick resume, I was right back into the game without without any issue. I am playing on Series X, so it's it's not perfect like PC, but but it, it does not look like it does not look anything like the horror stories I'm seeing of people playing on on vanilla PS4 and vanilla Xbox One. That is. Woo, woo, that is bad, bad, bad. We talked about that last week, and a lot of people, a lot of people are not happy with CD Projekt Red. They, they, they didn't lie, but they didn't talk, a, show off the stuff on the base consoles, and they only really showed PS4 Pro and Xbox One when it came to last gen, and it was. Mm, we'll talk about that in a second, but. There is a lot going on with CD Projekt Red right now. There is a lot of hate going on on the internet and a lot of idiots floating around too. But CD Projekt Red ha- has apologized. They've they put out some hot fixes as well. And they said in a statement, uh, they tweeted this out. First of all, we would like to start by apologizing to you for not showing the game on base last gen consoles before it premiered. And, in consequence, not allowing you to make a more informed decision about your purchase. We should have paid more attention to making it play better on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. It's not great. Um, And they, they also went on to say, For copies purchased digitally, please use the refund system of PSN or Xbox, respectively. For boxed versions, please first try to get a refund at the store where you bought the game. Should this not be possible, please contact us at help... Help me refund at cdprojectred.com, and we will do our best to help you. Starting from today, you can contact us for a week up until December 21st, 2020. And uh, their stock stock price did drop, and some other things happened on the back end at CD Projekt Red. Developers were unhappy with with studio leadership, which uh, that story got leaked from from someone internally. And, And it's just been, like, piling on. Sony removed Cyberpunk. From the PlayStation Store, uh, CD Projekt Red said they want to get it back there as soon as possible after they fix everything. I, I think that's a little extreme. Pulling it from the PlayStation Store, I-, I get it, but they don't want people buying it digitally right now just because of everything that's going on, and it makes sense. They will also refund. Uh, CD Projekt Red did come out and say they'll refund players. If Microsoft or Sony will not give the refund, you know, Best Buy is, is doing refunds. Uh, Microsoft and Sony have both come out and said they will refund it, no questions asked. The problem but that we're starting to see, though, is there's a lot of assholes out there in the world. A lot of assholes who think that once they refund the game, they get to keep playing the game. And they're complaining online about losing access to the game after they refund it. I don't know about you... But this, last time I checked, when you go to return something, you don't get to keep it. Like, if I buy something at the store, and I don't like it, and I go to return it, they take it from me and give me my money back. I don't get to keep it or hold on to it. It's not... This isn't the instance of them replacing it. This isn't an instance of them saying, Oh, we'll give you your money back and you keep the product. That almost never happens. The fact that you think that you get to keep it, even if it's a digital copy, after asking for a refund, is beyond me. It it it's 
especially and i get it it's kind of shaky with digital licenses because technically you are buying a license of the game you are not buying the thing outright you are buying a, a digital license and it comes down to drm digital rights management which is a big thing and it, it's a part of the reason why a lot of people don't like that a lot of ga- digital versions of games have just come down to a code but when you are paying for a license to a product you are not physically purchasing that product Uh, Similar to when you take a physical copy and return it, right? When you decide, I want my money back, you are in essence saying, I do not want to own the license of this product any longer. I do not want to pay for the license to access this product. So think of it this way. It's like you buy a permit to be able to perform a task, but if you don't want to pay for that permit anymore, it gets revoked, meaning you cannot legally do that task anymore. Like, uh, I don't know, a driver's license, right? You pay to keep a driver's license active. You don't pay. You legally cannot drive, technically, right? Same idea. Uh, You pay a monthly fee for maybe Microsoft Office. You stop paying. You don't get to use Microsoft Office anymore. You paid $70 to have a lifetime access, essentially, to Cyberpunk 2077, You say, I want my money back. I don't want to play this shit game. Quote, I'm not saying it's shit because I'm thoroughly enjoying the game. But a person say, I don't, I want my money back. I don't want to keep playing this broken game. So the fact that, why would you then complain that you cannot still play a game that you just complained about being broken, got your money back for, and you want to keep playing it? Like, no, no, I'm sorry. You're all rights go out the door when you ask for a refund get the fuck out of here you want to you want to keep playing no stop stop people come on don't be like this but no there's people that are entitled and a bunch of assholes everywhere and they feel like i get it a lot in my job i work in customer service i work on the phones and people especially this year feel like they're just entitled to everything and deserve to be treated better because of the shit that's going on in the world. And and I'm sorry, but no, that's not how shit works. Okay, it, it's not. And, you know, going back, like I said, it was leaked from internal people that there was uh, leadership had, had spoken to the whole company as a whole, company-wide meeting. And this is per Bloomberg, actually. Apparently, the the staff was, quote, frustrated and angry, and there was an internal meeting, like I said, and they they had questions and concerns about crunch and unrealistic deadlines, them kind of having all these bugs and issues at launch. When when crunch when it came to crunch, I guess they they're looking at things on how to not have crunch, even though they said they would not do that. They're taking full responsibility. They restructured how bonuses would be paid and not based off off critical ratings which a lot of times uh, game bonuses are dependent on metacritic scores which isn't super realistic and, and just it's been a mess after mess after mess now people are starting a class action lawsuit over it which i think is extreme and it's it's quote a misrepresentation in order to receive financial benefits unquote and yes one could argue there was somewhat of a misrepresentation when it comes to people playing on you know, regular Xbox One and regular PS4, but 
this is part of the New York Times. So when the New York Times is reporting on a video game, you know shit has hit the fan, right? If if regular news is talking about it, but it, it I I think this is a little excessive. But I think they're circling the situation. Apparently, lawyers. That's a quote. Lawyers in in Warsaw are doing this because CG Project Red is based in Poland. So we'll see if that actually gets off the ground. But despite all this, they have still been able to sell 13 million copies, right? 13 million copies. And Daniel Ahmad, who is a uh, video game insider, uh, he's based out of China, um, he he tweeted out, I guess they put this out, this is official from CD Projekt Red, sold 13 million copies through physical and, di- and uh, digital distribution. That was as of December 20th, so that was Sunday. And it includes refunds and uh, both digital and physical refunds. And they have hit, and they had 8 million pre-orders prior to launch. They have sold 13 million copies. That is still, and, and he, he said this is per him, uh, for his Twitter, 13 million units sold through in one week makes it one of the largest launches ever. And that's even with the returns and refunds. So the fact that this game has still been able to sell 13 million copies, and that means 13 million people have not refunded and not returned the game, because I'm, I'm really trying to wonder how many people are playing on those base consoles... This has been one of the largest, I can't talk today, one of the largest launches in history, one of the biggest launches in history, even though I'm saying the same things, but it it, it just goes on to show that a lot of that negative negativity you see on the internet is a tad bit overblown, just a tad, right? There's, There's legitimate concerns to be had with this game, but it might not be as hated as Twitter would make you believe how about that right and i know like i said i know there are there are glitches i know there are bugs there's actually an issue with corrupted save piles that if they got to um that if they were getting over eight megabits in size the the save file would be corrupted and you would lose it but luckily 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 the uh the the amazing people at cd project red have put out a hotfix that has, um, it's hotfix 1.06, and it removes the 8 megabit save file size limit. Unfortunately, it will not retroactively fix any previously corrupted files, but this will prevent any future files from from being corrupted. Uh, it will also increase, uh, improve memory management and stability on consoles, uh, and, and uh, hopefully offer less crashes. Some characters will no longer go missing from certain uh, missions and things like that. And other uh, other hot fixes have been made. So just be aware to make sure before you start playing, keep playing, make sure to download the, the most recent hot fix of Cyberpunk because there are some other things in there that will probably... Um, that will probably help you in uh, in playing the game. So just, uh, of course, be on the lookout for those hotfixes. Make sure you have the most up-to-date version to allow uh, 
the smoothest possible playing if you are not playing on PC, that is. But again, that hotfix will be for everybody for that save file, because you don't want to corrupt your save files, because that, that's a little, that can get out a little hand. But that that's the coverage for Cyberpunk. We'll talk about more more about that in the future as as I get more time to play. And luckily I have a lot of time off. Uh, our company closes for the last week of the year. And that will uh, allow me to catch up on a backlog that I have, hopefully, and and knock a lot of things out. But in uh, in a bid of UK politicians to make things easier on everyone, especially in this year when it's been nearly impossible to get a new console, especially after the fact that it's just everyone wants a console now because they're all home. And, you know, scalpers are taking advantage of everybody, and it's a shame that that even is a thing. But it, it looks like we are getting somewhere because politicians in the UK, so UK Parliament, are exploring ways to possibly make scalping illegal, as well as the use of bots to purchase things online. It's it's not just consoles. It's 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 GPUs or graphics processing units, graphics cards as well, that are that are being bought up, especially by by bots. And per Parliament, it said the quote: "The resale of gaming consoles and computer components at prices greatly above manufacturers' recommended retail price, uh, looking to ban uh, prohibiting that." And of course, ban, like I said, ban the bots. Uh, per VGC, uh, there the MPs across several parties have gotten already 23 signatures and are looking to look into this. This is the full text of the motion. Yeah, I'll, I'll even read it with an English accent, make it more palatable, match the what a member of parliament or MP would speak it as if. I keep reading with like an Australian accent because I I'm trying to perfect that one. But let, let me, let's, let's, uh, let's do this. That this house believes that the new release, releases of gaming consoles and computer components should be available to all customers at no more than the manufacturer's recommended retail price, and not be bought in bulk by the use of automated bots, which often circumvent maximum purchase quantities imposed by the retailer calls on the government to bring forward legislative proposals similar to those introduced for the secondary selling of tickets, thereby prohibiting the resale of gaming consoles and computer components at prices greatly above manufacturers' recommended retail price, and furthermore this house, and further calls on the government to bring forward legislative proposals making the resale of goods purchased using an automated bot an illegal activity thereby denying unscrupulous vendors the chance to make themselves vast profits at the expense of genuine gamers and computer users, while also deterring fraudulent cybercriminal activity. Yeah, I still fucked that up and did some Australian accents in there. But this is an early day motion from the, you have the House of Commons, and to, to debate the topic, hopefully it makes it through, and uh, a lot of Britons, Brightons, however you want to, call yourselves are being urged to call your MP to get them uh, to get them to vote on it or debate it at least and to, to try and get support for the motion scalping is a big issue no one should be paying like eight nine hundred dollars for a console two thousand dollars in some cases it it's it's just not not right especially when bots got thousands of them at launch and people got fucked like we talked a couple weeks ago 
one one group got like 3500 ps5s and over a thousand series x's like that that's no dude that's not right luckily in some gaming groups i've seen on on online uh that a lot of scalpers are still selling and and not getting a lot of hits and even dragging their prices down meaning people are not going to scalpers thank god you know maybe 2020 and no stimulus has has a part to play in that and that's a good thing so Fuck scalpers, really? I hate them. I, everyone does. So hopefully this gains traction. Hopefully this gains traction over here one day, but but we'll see. We will see. Just don't buy from scalpers, people. Just don't. Please don't. Anyway. Hey, we got Overwatch 2 news. That actual Overwatch 2 news will drop in February at, at BlizzCon online. Like the fact that that's even a thing. Hey, how about this new game, but you won't know about it till February. It's like, really? Can't you just not say anything until February and then surprise everybody? Like, fuck you, Blizzard. Jesus. God. Rude. Rude. Anyway, if you guys have uh, Google Stadia, it is now playable on iOS devices, so iPhones and iPads. You were not able to, and I think it stems back to all these other things going on with iOS and and streaming platforms I, I know like xbox uh game streaming or whatever it was it, it, whatever it's called now um was only recently put back on the app store and things like that so that is uh that is available now riot games the makers of league of legends they have announced that a league of legends rp or mmo excuse me a league of legends mmo is on the way no word on name or release, or anything. Just, hey, we're working on MMO in the League of Legends universe. So that's a thing. <laughs> but a lot of people are stoked about that. And Among Us has been announced for Nintendo Switch. It is now part of Xbox Game Pass on PC, and it will be releasing on Xbox consoles early next year. To go along with this, it was also announced that Among Us had one of the highest active user rates of any game in history in November. It was it had apparently uh per super data among us's earnings while they don't have a lot of earnings cuz it's only 5 bucks to buy the game on PC per super data it had the highest uh so Shadowlands had the highest monthly revenue for MMO since 2008 but among us had about 500,000 monthly active users as of November. One of the most popular games ever in terms of monthly players. Half a billion people played Among Us last month. 500 million people were playing Among Us. It's free on mobile. It's five bucks on Steam. No shit that many people were playing it. It's fun to play. Hell, even Congress people are playing it to, to, to get... Like, be with their constituents and shit, and, and kind of, like, level with them, and be on, on their playing field, in <laughs> lack of a better term. Like, holy shit, Among Us, Among Us, of all games, Among Us. Don't get me wrong, it's fun as hell to play. Everyone acting mad sus. Y'all are acting mad sus. Among Us, that's nuts, man. That is nuts to think about. That's crazy. But anyway, uh, there's a new PS5 update out as well. If you guys don't know that it will 
uh, tell you if you are playing the PS4 version of a game. Uh, that already exists on, on Series X and S. There's a little badge that will say if you have the upgraded version on, on that game on that console. But this new update will provide you with a warning telling you if you're paying, playing the PS5 version or not. Uh, if if you didn't already know. Um, that is... Alright. Uh, we also got the announcement of Games with Gold for next month. A little earlier than, than usual. Uh, over on Xbox, Little Nightmares will be available from January 1st through the 31st. That is a action... No, sorry, that is a platformer in the survival horror genre. It's also a puzzle game. Dead Rising, the original Dead Rising game, will be available from the 16th through the 15th. If you don't know, that was actually an Xbox exclusive when it first launched over on 360. One of the only zombie franchises I love. You know, you you play as Frank West, a photographer, stuck in a mall in Willamette. Uh, where is it? Willamette, North Dakota? I don't remember. Willamette, I remember, is the city. I love the Dead Rising series. Uh, the King of Fighters 13 will be available from the 1st through the 15th. That is a 360 backwards compatible game. And then Breakdown, an original Xbox compatible backwards compatible game, will be available from the 16th through the 31st. Uh, sorry, Dead Rising is the 16th of January through February 15th. So let me just re-clarify that. Um, that is the games with gold on Xbox. We still do not know, though what the PSN Plus games will be. I'm sure we'll either announce that next week if we have it or the first week of January as soon as we have that that information. And then this is some late news that actually just came in today. Uh, the the CEO and chairman of Sony Pictures, which is essentially the the movie making arm of of the Sony Corporation, says they are developing 7 TV shows and at least 3 movies based on on PlayStation games. Uh, this is per Media Post, and I guess he was talking to them about Sony's integration plans, and he said, quote, uh, this is from their chairman and CEO, Tony Vinciquera, uh, and he said, quote, we have no specific plan yet, but we have a program within the company called One Sony. You'll be seeing a lot more integration of Sony companies together, end quote. Makes sense. I mean, Sony only makes money from PlayStation lately. You know, the rest of their business isn't doing as well as it used to. So, of course, they want some corporate synergy. But uh, he said it. it's more, he's, he wants the following example set by Warner Brothers. He also said, quote, I don't think we'll be in the day and date release business, no. I think the economic model for very big budget movies require the windows that are in the flow now and will continue with that. We think the 30-day windows are probably the best. It will allow us to amortize our marketing over the two windows, theatrical and home entertainment, so we think that is the way to go. And about releasing movies on video on demand or not, you know, like Warner Brothers is doing with HBO Max. And the thing I know for sure... If there's anything that's being developed, we are we know one thing, one project already in the works that's being done on a PlayStation project, and that is the Uncharted film. What I would like to know are what the other ones are, and if there's anything that's going to benefit from a TV show over a movie, would probably be Horizon Zero Dawn, if you ask me. Uh, oh, I forgot The Last of Us is having a TV show done over at HBO. So that's two projects. The Last of Us and Uncharted, both Naughty Dog. I wonder what else they're working on. Spider-Man doesn't count because those are Marvel movies. 
I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. But if any, if anything deserves to be adapted in some way, shape or form, it's Horizon Zero Dawn. That, that's definitely something I would want to see. But that's it for gaming. That's it for gaming this week. Let's move on to what's going on in the TV world. Not a whole lot again, because we're kind of in the, the off season for TV. You know, basketball, the new season just started. Uh, granted, a delay in just a, a couple months after the, the 2020, 2019-2020 season ended. The 2020-2021 season just began. Football's still going on. And of course, all the streaming, your little heart's desire, especially with Soul coming to Disney Plus on Christmas Day and Wonder Woman 1984 on HBO Max on Christmas Day. We will be talking about both movies next week. But uh, anyway, let's let's go to TV because those are movies. Uh, the Office is coming to Peacock, as uh, most of you might know or not know, and I'm telling you now. The Office will be leaving Netflix at the end of this year. Yes, The Office is leaving Netflix, but... Don't be worried, it is going over to Peacock, the streaming service from NBC Universal. However, with a catch, only seasons one and two will be available to stream on the free version of Peacock. If you want to watch seasons three through nine of The Office, you have to shell out for the $5 a month Peacock premium, or there is a more expensive uh, commercial free version. So it, it, it is a bit of a catch, and it sucks that it's not free, but hey, that's understandable to a degree. Uh, but with that, if you do get our part of the premium Peacock, you do get access to what are called super fan episodes. Uh, these episodes will have extra extended cuts and never before seen stuff. So keep that on your mind. Uh, if you are deciding to switch to Peacock just for the office, because I know some of you are out there. Yeah, I don't really care about the office that much. I mean, it's a good show, but I'm never going to pay more just to watch it anyway moving on from there <laughs> another new marvel show has been announced uh to air on disney plus next year and it's called marvel legends and it's coming in january it has i guess it's quote it will revisit quote most iconic moments from the mcu one character at a time unquote but and it will start with wandavision I guess it will go, it says that the first two episodes will dive deeper into the stories of both Wanda and Vision. And I don't get it. What is this show? Is it just like recounting the movies? And then it will start going, it's a supporting series of the MCU. It will star, uh, star airing releases uh, every week or every time. I don't know. It doesn't say exactly when other than that it premieres in january and will start on january 15th after the wait hold on wandavision is a week after the first two episodes of legends so legends are january 8th wandavision drops on january 15th i don't understand what this show is i don't get it is it just a companion piece is it like a show that should be on disney plus i'm confused Anyway, Marvel Legends, a, con uh, a companion to the MCU, airs starts airing January 8th on Disney+. Plus. Uh, also announced by Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios, uh, She-Hulk will be the company's first half-hour legal comedy show, which is interesting because 
you don't get a lot of legal comedies. There haven't been too many. And it makes sense because I can't think of She-Hulk's regular name, but she is an actual lawyer in in the comics. So it fits with the um with that. Oh, you know what? There was a legal comedy show. What was it? Um I can't think of the name. It 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 starred Rob Lowe and Ben Savage or Fred Savage. It was on a couple of years ago. But oh man, I'm trying to think. There's been other ones too. But it, you know, it ties in and technically like Legally Blonde is a legal comedy even though that's a movie. But oh man, I'm trying to think there's been other shows that have been legal comedies. Not a whole lot, but but they're out there. Um, but She-Hulk will be one of them when that premieres sometime in the future on Disney+. Plus. Uh, we got some other stuff with Disney+. Plus. Um, we'll talk about that in a second because it's all with The Mandalorian. Uh, His Dark Materials has been renewed for, renewed, excuse me, for a third and final season at HBO. If you're looking at that, that's, of course, the adaptation of The Golden Compass or... Sorry, The Golden Compass was an adaptation. I think it is just His Dark Materials. And then uh, I do want to talk about what's coming to streaming before we talk about The Mandalorian. So in 2021, coming to Netflix, this is just a small list, of course, of, of the large list that is coming. Blue Streak, the great Martin Lawrence film. Catch Me If You Can. Goodfellas, one of the best mobster movies ever. Uh, Disenchantment Part 3, the Matt Groening series uh, uh, that takes place in like medieval times and things like that. Uh, Hook, the awesome Spielberg-produced movie about Peter Pan. The final seasons of The Magicians, if you guys didn't catch it on sci-fi. Cobra Kai Season 3 will air next month on Netflix, as well as the new series History of Swear Words uh, being hosted by Nicolas Cage. Over on Disney+, Plus. The Wolverine, uh, Dinosaurs, the classic ABC sitcom where the characters were all dressed in dinosaur outfits. Of course, with baby Sinclair, you know, feed the baby. Star Wars Forces of Destiny, which was a YouTube show, will be now premiering on Disney Plus in four different um, culminations, I guess you would call them. Uh, Isle of Dogs, the great Wes Anderson film, and WandaVision, of course, premiering on January 15th and Marvel Legends premiering on January 8th. Uh, Then, of course, moving on to HBO Max, a lot, and I mean a lot, of animated DC projects are going there. Uh, The big ones, though, Batman the Animated Series, Batman Beyond, and Green Lantern the Animated Series. We're also getting Chinatown, Escape from New York, the Jane Silent Bob Strike Back film, all of the Mad Max films, All the Oceans films, including Oceans 8, V for Vendetta, uh, both Gremlins films, The King of Staten Island, which is that new movie that came out this year that starred Bill Burr and uh, Pete Davidson, the 1990 It miniseries, Kill Bill 1 and 2, The Mummy and The Mummy Returns, uh, as well as Blade, which is really funny that Blade is on HBO Max and not... um, not like, you know, Hulu or something that's owned by Disney, considering it's a Marvel movie. But of course, a lot of, like I said, animated DC projects, because, you know, DC Universe is going to comics only. So, uh, oh, all the, the Dark Knight se- trilogy will be there. So Dark 
uh, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. Uh, Batman Re- Beyond, Return of the Joker, great movie. Batman Bloodbath, Batman Death in the Family, Batman Hush. Those are all animated Batman films. We're also getting a lot of Cartoon Network shows, like Courage the Cowardly Dog is going on there. Ed, Ed, and Eddie, uh, The Exorcist. Otherwise, other DC projects that are going there. Justice League Dark, Apocalypse War. Uh, Kong Skull Island will be there. Let me see. I'm just trying to read all of these. Nitro Circus, the movie. If you guys have never seen that, No Country for Old Men. Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Ready Player One. Anyway, uh, Superman Doomsday, Superman Man of Tomorrow, Superman Returns. Uh, the Three Stooges. A lot, of, a lot of DC stuff. Van Wilder, Freshman Year. Oh, fuck that movie. I'm forget I just said that. But those are all coming to HBO Max in January. So that is a lot of different DC projects to look out for. Oh, they're doing that, that uh, documentary about Bat Kid. That's really nice that they're doing that. Also, some Hellboy animated projects are going there in, next month. And I'm just making sure that I didn't miss any of the other DC projects. Nope, that's it. But those are all coming to HBO Max in January. So just make sure to keep your eye out for that. Anyway, moving on, let's talk about, you know, the Mandalorian season finale. And oh my God, does that show just, it just was f- just going all out all season, like it nonstop action, right? It, it even took a dig at J.J. Abrams and aspects of the sequel trilogy, which I, I thought was kind of funny, but it starts off with essentially getting the band back together, minus Ahsoka, but we have our first, if I'm not mistaken, like in space boarding slave one is chasing after a lambda shuttle a lambada shuttle or the imperial lander you know the one with the three wings and they board this the ship while in space they capture that cloning doctor from um from the first season dr pershing which then proceeds after they capture that guy mando and boba fett then go to get bo katan and I can't think of Sasha Banks' character's name at this time, but that is an awesome scene where Bo-Katan and Boba Fett get into it. She mentions how she knows he's a clone and how he's like a, a fake, essentially. Uh, then he he gets into a fight with Sasha Banks' character, which is really some really cool action. Uh, of course, some, some Mando stuff, as per usual. Then they essentially decide to go after... Uh, Moff Gideon and get Grogu or Baby Yoda, uh, and it's it's essentially like one of the most badass scenes. They are piloting the ship. They pretend to be chased by Boba, who creates like a fake chase sequence, and they land the shuttle into the Imperial Arquitans Ar- class. Arquitans Ar- Arquitans class. I can't say it. And it it's actually got like a Tie Fighter launch bay in the center of it because the ship is kind of open in the middle and they crash the ship into there to essentially keep other TIE fighters from launching, which is a genius idea. And then you just see a badass awesomeness of Cara Dune 
Bo-Katan, Sasha Banks, and Ming-Na Wen's character, which is, um, fuck, I can't think of her name. Um, anyway, they just wreak havoc on the ship, make their way to the bridge, all to provide distraction. Oh, Ming-Na Wen is Fennec Shan, sorry. Anyway, all to provide distraction for Mando to find Grogu and get all of the Dark Troopers out of the way. Uh, it starts with him finding the Dark Troopers, and just as they're about to make it into the ship, he's able to open the launch bay, and they all get sucked out into space, except for one, which is this awesome fight scene. And it just shows how powerful Beskar is, as like the Dark Trooper is punching him in the face. But obviously nothing happens because of his helmet, but his helmet just keeps getting pushed back into the bulkhead, which was great. He ultimately defeats it with his Beskar spear, which all was really cool stuff. And then he goes and finds Moth Gideon holding the Darksaber over Grogu. And when he tells him about the Darksaber, Mando essentially just like casually brushes it off. And uh, New Rockstars, a, a YouTube channel I watched, brought up a good point. Essentially, Moth Gideon made this face that I didn't realize at first when I was watching. But you can tell that he knows, oh, if he doesn't care about the Darksaber, I will engage him in a fight, lose... And then Bo-Katan will not get the Darksaber. Because she has to win it in a fight, essentially. We'll bring that up in a second. But they get in this awesome fight with the Darksaber. And Mando uses his his spear, his Beskar spear. And it's so cool when he goes up against the Darksaber. You can see it getting like orange hot, like like hot metal. And it, it this huge, awesome fight between the two of them. He captures... Eventually he captures... Um, Moth Gideon, they make it to the bridge and uh, they get Grogu, everyone's together, but just when you think they've won, all the Dark Troopers, which were originally blasted off into space, all fly back into the ship and start making their way to the bridge. Moff Gideon goes on this huge thing about how he's won, how they're not going to make it, and how you know, he's always been one step ahead, but and there's this whole scene that plays out between Mando and Bo-Katan and how she will not accept the Darksaber from him because he's just kind of handing it to her. Which is weird because she, she talks about how she has to win it. But in Star Wars Rebels, Sabine just kind of like handed it to her. She didn't have to fight Sabine for it. So it opens this whole new can of worms about the Darksaber. And like, it's very Elder Wand-esque from Harry Potter. But... Just as uh, just as Gideon thinks he's going to win, uh, he actually tries to, like, kill Baby Yoda, and then uh, Mando jumps in front, saves him, and then he tries to kill himself just when he thinks it's, it's up. Cara Dune fucking knocks him out in, in a great, great fucking scene. But the Dark Troopers make it to the bridge, and they literally start punching through the blast doors and are about to get through when a single... X-Wing arrives. A single X-Wing. A single X-Wing. A single X-Wing. And we then see a hooded figure start to make his way through the ship, ignite a green lightsaber, just mercilessly, mercilessly cut his way through the Dark Troopers. And I mean mercilessly, just like no no issue cutting through the Dark Troopers. Has this? This is a badass Jedi. We don't know who it is yet, then we catch a sight of the hilt, and uh, 
or hilt. No, the hilt is the blade. The, um, sorry, no, it is the hilt. But we see the hilt. It looks familiar. Not totally. And then we get to the, uh, just outside the bridge where most of the dark troopers are protecting it. This dude comes in, in a scene reminiscent of Darth Vader in Rogue One, just like murkin' rebels. This hooded Jedi just decimates the dark troopers, crushes one with the force, throws his lightsaber, all badass stuff. They open the blast doors. Hooded figure walks in, takes off his hood, fucking spoilers. It's fucking Luke Skywalker. Luke fucking Skywalker was in fucking Mando. Luke fucking Skywalker decides to take Grogu. Mando says, Grogu, you have to go. He takes off his, takes off his helmet in front of everybody, mind you. Amazing touching moment. Grogu touches his face, finally seeing his surrogate father figure, essentially, for the first time. Oh, it was so good. So fucking good. Luke Skywalker, dude. The de-aging tech they used was a little bad in this one compared to what they've done in MCU and, like, Rogue One and stuff. Uh, like, for Mark Hamill, and the voice didn't match up, and they didn't use Mark Hamill's voice, and really should have just gotten Sebastian Stan to do it because he looks exactly like Mark Hamill. But, oh, God, it was so good. R2-D2's there, and he sounds weird. R2 sounded off. He didn't sound like R2, which which threw me off. But what I don't understand is how Cara Dune did not recognize Luke Skywalker. Like, she had no idea who he was. Like, Cara Dune was a shock trooper in the Rebellion, and she doesn't, and, like, was is from Alderaan, and she doesn't know who the hero of the Rebellion is, Luke Skywalker. Like, you're telling me she doesn't recognize, like, no. No, there's, there's got to be a disconnect somewhere. Like, every foot soldier knows certain generals or famous, like, heroes. Like... I guarantee you most people in the military know, in the U.S. military, know who General Mad Dog Mattis is. Most people in the military could tell you who Pat Tillman is, who could tell you who, you know, General MacArthur or Patton, things like this, even now. So, and even back then, Eisenhower, you know, like, I find it hard to believe that Cara Dune wouldn't know who Luke Skywalker is. And that was very strange to me. But... I don't know in that essence. From there, we cut to credits and, it, you you know, the show's over, which kind of makes you wonder, what are they going to do with season three? Because the whole show's kind of been built, been built around the child or baby Yoda, Grogu, if you will. But if anything, I hope season three just kind of does more Mando stuff. Baby Yoda kind of got played out personally to me. I don't really care for the character that much. And it got dragged out way longer than it should have. If anything, season three I can see as a power struggle between Din and Bo-Katan. Not a power struggle so much because he doesn't really want to be leader of Mandalore or be Mandalore. But I can see like that weird dynamic between the two of them. So I'd totally be on board with Katie Sackhoff coming back to be... Bo-Katan in the whole se in the whole season, uh, definitely bringing other Mandos like Sabine and things. So I I would love to see more exploration of Mando culture after the Purge, 
and things like that. So it's definitely something that they should build upon and, and step away from the child stuff and maybe get into meteor stuff without him. I mean, we are getting two spinoff shows in Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka, which are all going to take place in the Mando timeline. But anyway, one more thing to talk about with the Mandalorian. If, if you didn't stay for the credits, I should say if you didn't stay after the credits, you wouldn't something happened and and I wouldn't I wouldn't knock you for it cuz they haven't done an after credits scene before but on the season finale we got an after credits scene and we cut to Tatooine Jabba's palace slave 1 overhead Bib Fortuna sits on the throne Bib Fortuna being the Twi'lek uh, essentially right-hand man of Jabba the Hutt then we see a shadow walking down the stairs reminiscent of of Luke Skywalker in Return of the Jedi it's Fennec Shand she starts killing B- Bibb's personal bodyguards. After she takes them out one by one, in walks Boba Fett. And Boba Fett kills Bib Fortuna. Bib Fortuna is thrown off the throne and sits Boba Fett, now in control of Jabba's criminal empire on Tatooine, with Fennec Shan at his side. Fade to Black, The Book of Boba Fett, December 2021. That's right, folks. Another new Star Wars show has been announced. The Book of Boba Fett, a show taking place during the Mandalorian timeline, so five years after the return of the Jedi, with Tamura Morrison as the star, all about Boba fucking Fett being a criminal badass. Boba fucking Fett getting his own show. I could care less about season three of The Mandalorian at this point. I just want to watch the book of fucking Boba Fett. The book of fucking Boba Fett. Boba Fett is getting a show. Jesus, people. We are we are seeing the renaissance of Star Wars. A lot of funny memes this week about how, you know, John Favreau and Dave Filoni. It's not just John Favreau, folks. It's mostly Dave Filoni. John Favreau and Dave Filoni doing what JJ said he couldn't. And it just shows the inadequacies of J.J. Of Abrams being picked to, to run the sequel trilogy. He never should have been. Granted, I wouldn't have necessarily put Dave Filoni in charge of a film right away. He should have been involved more heavily in the, the, the writing process. Because if anyone was closest to George before the Disney buyout, it was Dave Filoni. And I, I think if, if Star Wars hadn't been sold, I think Dave would have taken over for George. Because they think so much alike and Dave Filoni is... If you ask me, because Lucasfilm is more than just Star Wars, and, and people have to remember that when it comes to Kathleen Kennedy. But when it comes to Star Wars, Dave Filoni is essentially George Lucas Jr. Because Dave, if there's anyone who cares more about Star Wars or Star Wars Legends or anything, it's Dave Filoni. Like, this dude is a Star Wars walking encyclopedia. And if anyone is in charge of Star Wars, it should be Dave Filoni. Yes, Kathleen Kennedy is in charge, but remember, Lucasfilm has a ton of other companies under its belt. ILM, Skywalker Sound, um, Lucas Limited, all, all these things that have to do with Lucasfilm. Plus there's Indiana Jones and Willow and other properties. But when it comes to, or Lucasfilm animation and, and other things. But anyway, when it comes to Star Wars... Dave Filoni is essentially the master. And if you ask me, I think Kathleen knows this and she lets Dave handle a lot of things while she still does handle a lot of things. Hell, she's given us a Rogue Squadron movie, people, so you can't fault her anymore. 
But, oh God, I'm so happy. I am so freaking happy for a Boba Fett show. Boba Fett is finally getting the love he deserves. Or not the love. He's always had love. I'm getting, I'm saying he's he's getting the credit he deserves after the old canon was thrown out. The old expanded universe was thrown out. The badassness of, of Boba Fett was kind of lost. All we had was him as a kid in Clone Wars. And then him going out like a chump in Return of the Jedi. Now, though, we can have him being a boss again. And I'm stoked on that. Because Boba Fett is one of my favorite characters. But Luke Skywalker? Dude, that finale was so good, though. It, it's literally... Season 2 was the best season 2 of any show ever. Because Boba Fett's back. Skywalker comes in. Then Boba Fett gets his own show. Like... Oh god, so good. I'm I'm so happy with where Star Wars is going right now. And for a while after the sequel trilogy, people were bleak. And like I said, the memes were out. And I just... I want Dave Filoni to be given the credit where credit is due. It's not just Jon Favreau, okay? Jon Favreau has a lot to do with it. But Dave Filoni is, is just as involved as Jon is. And that man has turned around... Uh, he made a one of his first movies, uh, actually not one of his first movies, but he hasn't directed a whole lot of movies. Then he directs Elf and makes an instant Christmas classic. You know, he pretty much created the MCU when he directed the first Iron Man movie. And now he's kind of brought Star Wars back to like high caliber again with the Mandalorian. And I am just very excited to see to see where things go that's for damn sure but the mandalorian season two was one of the greatest season twos i have ever seen that's that's for sure but anyway moving on let's talk about movies shall we let us talk about movies and uh chris pine is upping his nerd cred once again he will now star in a new dungeons and dragons film which will make his third major nerd franchise after star trek and the dc films so he'll be in dungeons and dragons the mortal kombat movie has been pushed to april 16th and will release on hbo max at the same time so if you don't want to go to the theater by then uh, you'll be able to watch mortal kombat the film on april 16th um speaking of hbo max the Snyder Cut, we've gotten more information. Zack Snyder has revealed that the film will drop in March. Or at least the first part of it, as it will be a four-part mini-series, or I, I don't know what you want to call it. But at the same time, Zack Snyder then hinted at a possible R-rated theatrical release, where Batman says the F-word? Makes sense. I mean, Batman probably does cuss. Comics Code Authority has prevented it for a very long time. But I'm all for an R-rated Justice League. They have an R-rated Batman vs. Superman. It's the extended cut. I'm all for it. But March, dude. We're getting the Snyder Cut sooner than you think. March. Uh, it was also revealed that Gal Gadot did not participate in the reshoots. Unfortunately, she was unable to do so. Uh, hopefully, they can make do with what they have of the stuff Zack shot that Joss Whedon didn't use. And... Uh, the Furiosa movie, we also got news from Warner Brothers, the Furiosa Mad Max prequel, or Mad Max Fury Road prequel, I should say, will release on June 23rd, 23, 2023, I should say, excuse me, I don't, you gotta say the whole year nowadays. Uh, this will, unfortunately, Charlize Theron will not be coming back as Furiosa as it will tell her origin 
in a sense. Um, and with, uh, with, you know, HBO Max and all the movies going there day and date, I talked about last week how about Denny Villanueva kind of was not cool with that and didn't like that and how Legendary Pictures is not on board with it either, totally, because they want to make their money back. Well, it turns out Legendary are going to keep fighting for uh, theatrical releases. They finance 75% of the budgets of both Dune and Godzilla vs. Kong, and they will, I guess, uh, essentially take it to court. So per deadline, Legendary said they were, quote, blindsided, and also, quote, preserve its franchise potential, unquote. They still want it to go into theaters, especially because when Dune is supposed to release next October, a vaccine, the vaccine should be more read- readily available by then. Um, I guess it is part of a two-part adaptation that they planned for Dune, and I guess they want to do a television series. I don't know. Legendary might take it to court, I guess. I don't know. Denny Villanueva eventually even said, he says, quote, absolutely no love for cinema nor the audience here. It is all about the survival of a telecom mammoth, one that is currently bearing an astronomical debt of more than $150 billion, end quote. Oh, see, this was from last week when I talked about, he was talking about AT&T. And... That sucks. But I, and Godzilla versus Kong. Ooh. I wonder what's going to go on with that. And it's supposed to be set to release in theaters and HBO Max on May 21st. And then, but there's a new thing, new wrinkle. Quote Only if Warner Brothers makes a deal with Legendary that uses as a base the 250 million value established when the film was shopped earlier to Netflix. Unquote. What that means. Is I wonder if it will make its money back in whatever theaters it's released in. But that is something to think about in the future. And then uh, final bit of movie news. Uh, like I said, next week we're going to talk about we're going to talk about 2020 in review, as well as uh, Soul and Wonder Woman 1984, since those both come out on Christmas Day. Um, but we got our first trailer for coming to America, which is the sequel, number two instead of the word two, which is the sequel to Coming to America, the 1988 film starring Eddie Murphy. Uh, Of course, Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall are back as Prince Akeem and uh, Semi, his his bodyguard friend thing. I don't know what what that was. But we got our first trailer, and it it looks to be... It's actually shifting to Amazon Prime. It was supposed to be released theatrically. Obviously, COVID changed all that. Uh, but it will release March 5th on Amazon Prime. It looks funny as hell. It, it's being directed. It's being directed by Craig Brewer, who also directed um, Dolomite Is My Name, which is the, the most recent Eddie Murphy film. And the trailer's hilarious, first off. There's a lot of good jokes. What doesn't make sense to me is... So Eddie Murphy and Ars- uh, Arsenio Hall are, are playing a lot of characters they played in the old film especially those old dudes um in the in the barbershop and like those old dudes should be dead because they were old as dirt in the old movie 
like, I know Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall are playing most of them, but like those guys were old in the eighties. How are they still alive 30 years later? Like, no, uh, uh, I don't get it. That, that does not make any sense. Granted, those dudes are hilarious as ever because they're still cracking wild ass jokes on, on, on Eddie Murphy and Arsenio. Because as soon as he walks in the door, he says, it's great to be back. The old Jewish guys look, hey, it's Kuta Kinte. <laughs> I died laughing. I literally died laughing. Because, granted, it's Eddie Murphy, so he can do that. <laughs> but, oh, God. There's a lot of people in this movie. Wesley Snipes and Tracy Morgan. A lot of the original cast are going to be there. So I'm I'm excited. Hell, Eddie Murphy is, is playing... You know, Randy Watson, lead singer of Sexual Chocolate again, too. So I'm I'm excited. If we get another scene like the people are children of future. That that <laughs> I'm very excited for coming to America too. Or coming to America. It's gonna be on Amazon in March. We don't have to wait long. Super excited for that. So I'm excited to see how everything turns out. But that is it this week for Nick's Nerd News. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, like I said, next week we're going to be doing a look back at 2020. So this is the last regular episode of, of Nick's Nerd News for 2020. Uh, thank you guys again for listening. As always, check out nicksnerdnews.com where you can find the show right in your browser and listen to it right in your browser. Or if you prefer to listen on the go, you can find links to our Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcast pages. Also, while you're there, check out our social media tab where you can find our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram in one handy-dandy place. We post a lot of memes, a lot of fun stuff, all of it right there at your fancy fingertips. But, as always, like I said, thank you guys for listening. Like, share, subscribe, poke, um, listen, hate it, love it. I don't care what you guys do. Anyway, next week will be fun. Happy Festivus again. Uh, happy Hanukkah to those of you that celebrate Hanukkah. I know it's a week late. I do apologize for not wishing you it last week. Merry Christmas to those who celebrate that. Happy Kwanzaa to everyone else. And happy holidays to those that don't celebrate anything but New Year's in a couple of weeks. But, like I said, next week we'll do a, a retrospective on 2020 as we do at the end of every year. I am Nick. I will catch you guys on the flip side.